Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Cass, and as always, very excited for you to join me here on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Welcome, everybody, into the show. Jesse Cass here with you on the LME Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Very excited to have you here for yet another episode of the LME Basketball Podcast. As always, we have a great guest here for you this week. We've been trying to kind of dabble in all the arenas as far as everything involved in LME Basketball. We've had uh, multiple former players. If you haven't listened to those episodes, uh, go back and enjoy those as well. They're really good stuff. We've had J.D. Dubois, former Lion player, along with Autumn Jacko, Shamar Johnson, and Taylor Walker, all former players. So we wanted to expand a little bit, uh, get into the coaching world, as well as a former team manager. So we have uh, my friend and, and former, as mentioned, team manager and grad assistant coach, Quan No, who uh, now is working over at Southern Utah as a special assistant coach. So able to talk to him about his experiences at LMU and, and how he's progressed in his coaching career and has worked his way up from you know, the, the manager position in LMU to now being a special assistant coach. So uh, really good talk with him about his time at LMU and what he's got going on now. Uh, before we get to that, I uh, want to let you know what's going on in the world of LMU basketball this week. And before we do, know that we always appreciate when you subscribe to this show, rate and review. We've gotten a lot of great uh, reviews on uh, on iTunes. Know you can follow us anywhere, though. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart. You can also find us on Believe.com, that's B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as well. Also, be sure to follow me on Twitter, at Jesse underscore Cass, that's J-E-S-S-E underscore K-A-S-S. So, we love that you've been tuning into the show, all the great feedback, we appreciate it. If you do enjoy the show, uh, rate us five stars and review, it uh, helps us keep this thing moving. But as we said uh, another week for LMU basketball, another two-game slate, uh, home and road for the Lions, which has been the case for really the past three weeks. It's been a constant ebb and flow of back and forth for this Lions team who has been, as we say, going back and forth between two games on the road and then back home for one, back on the road for another. So they had that split this week. Uh, they were at home against the San Diego Toreros, which was a, a very close and good ball game throughout. LMU led much of the way for nearly 28 minutes of the game, but it was, as I said, a very close game back and forth and ended up being a, a heartbreaking loss for the Lions, who ended up losing by two, 65-63, to 63, uh, in what could be an important game in the standings, as all the teams are so closely jammed together, as we, we so often say, but uh, it's one that the Lions were certainly smarting about a little bit for a couple of reasons. Obviously, you mentioned they led in that game for quite a while. They played well, really, in general in that game, but um, a couple of questionable calls, and that's something that you don't always want to point to because you never want to blame the officiating, uh, but certainly stuff that uh, can be upsetting for the Lions when you look back at that ball game. Uh, a couple of dubious calls, including an out-of-bounds call in the uh, the first half when Eric Johansson was called out-of-bounds and was nowhere really near the out-of-bounds line in the corner upon review or upon looking at it on the replay. 
And then most notably, uh, the final play of the ball game, Lions had a shot to win the game. Ball in the hands of their senior leader, James Bateman, who has played so well this season. He got a good look at a three, got his defender, Isaiah Wright, up in the air and drew some contact. Uh, no foul was called. If it was, it would have been a three-shot foul with the potential to win the game on those free throws, but no foul was called. And, you know, as you said, you always want to remain impartial uh, and don't want to blame the officials, but just sitting, you know, next to the TV crew on that one alongside, you know, right next to my broadcast, uh, Dave Miller, head coach Dave Miller, who works for, uh, you know, the W.TV and Time Warner and some of the stuff that he's done, you know, upon looking at the replay, he said it was a foul. Uh, so it, it was a tough pill to swallow for sure for the Lions, but. Um, it resulted in that 65 to 63 loss, uh, dropping them to four and six in the conference play. Uh, they were, however, able to re- rebound and respond on the road against Portland. And you know, you look at the records, you say that's something that that should happen. Portland going into that ball game was 0 and 10 in conference play, uh, so that's one that you need to win. But uh, as anyone in the in the sports and basketball world knows, when you're playing a team that has struggled that much and is that desperate, it's never going to be an easy game. And proved that way in the first half it was all tied at just 24 at the end of one half of play but LMU came roaring out of the gates in the second half they were able to really put their imprint on the game as they have done all year defensively forcing a ton of turnovers 18 to be exact and just a monstrous advantage in points off turnovers 20 to nothing and they were able to to use that spurt and that run uh, all the way to a 17 point victory 72 to 55 uh James Bateman led the way in that one with 28 points. He continues to to really play well for the Lions, and that's certainly no surprise. And they've been getting contributions from some other players as well. We mentioned in the last episode, uh, in the second half of that BYU game, we saw Peter Herman play well. He has really continued his strong play, coming in as a big off the bench. Uh, he had 10 points on 5 of 5 from the field in that San Diego game. And then against Portland, 8 points off the bench. So providing a spark for the Lions and and working his way back. And I think a lot of, you know, something that a lot of people, you know, don't really take into consideration with, with Peter is that he, he missed the entire year last year. You know, he had a knee surgery, had to redshirt after, you know, missing that entire season. And, and that takes time to come back from, you know, an injury like that, missing an entire year of basketball where you have that amount of rust on you. Um, so, you know, the fact that he's starting to, to find his rhythm again, getting back in the rotation, uh, that injury is a huge factor in that, and he's certainly starting to respond and play really well for the Lions. That's a great sign going forward for them. Uh, the win versus Portland put LMU up to 17 wins on the year, 17 and 8 overall, and 5 and 6 in conference play. And first of all, just noting the 17 wins, it's been really a a fun and exciting season for the Lions. And uh, you know, while they're stu- they're in this very tough nip and tuck conference, it's important to note that this team has played. Really well all season long, seventeen and eight on the year, ten and two on their home floor, and now five and six in the West Coast Conference. And uh, you know the five and six mark right now, they're tied with Santa Clara and Pepperdine in a tie for sixth place in that regard. But we mentioned the conference is so close. Uh, when you look at it, LMU just a half game back of San Diego, who's five and five, uh, and a game and a half back of what would be the third seed, both San Francisco and St. Mary's are tied at 6-4 and four in the conference for the 3rd and 4th spot. So that's not out of reach for this Lions team. They certainly have some some tough games upcoming, but uh, you know, playing at home, they have 12 straight days at home before having to travel again, which is certainly something they haven't had in quite a while. So 
an opportunity for the Lions, who have played really well this season, to keep themselves in the top half of the conference and perhaps even move up. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see what they do going down the backstretch of the season now with, with just about six games remaining for the Lions and uh, you know a couple of home games. We do want to note that three home games remaining, and, and while I love you listening to me on my broadcast on the radio, if you are in the L.A. area and you're able to get, get out to these games, uh, the support is always valued and necessary for for you know the home crowd. I mentioned they're tenant to at home. They're worth seeing and worth watching. So if you're in the L.A. area, you're a Lions fan, come out and support this team. They deserve it. They've played really well. Uh, and they'll have a couple of exciting games coming up. And most notably, if you don't have uh, any Valentine's plans or dates to go to, this game will likely be sold out. But LMU taking on the number three team in the country this Thursday, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And it'll be the second meeting of the year between the two. Lions uh, fell by 18 in the first meeting. Uh, but they will look to you know exact some revenge and put out a good performance on uh, Thursday, uh, Valentine's Day, the 14th. Uh, against a Gonzaga team who is perhaps rolling as well as it has all year long. They took on St. Mary's on this past Saturday and put an absolute beatdown on them, 94-46. to uh, So they're certainly playing well, even with the loss of one of their better players in Killian Tilly. So uh, that'll be a, a very fun and exciting atmosphere. If you can't go to the ball game, you can always tune it in on, on KXLU where I'll be able to break it down for you. And then they have BYU at home, another team that they played very tough on the road. Uh, Lions will be looking to get them back at home. That'll be a 1 p.m. game this upcoming Saturday. So a couple of exciting games. We'll break that down a little bit more at the end of the show. But right now we want to get you started with our conversation with Quan No, uh, as you mentioned, former team manager, former grad assistant coach. He worked with both the coaching staff for Max Good and then with Mike Dunlap. So he, has, he spans multiple years in coaching staffs with the Lions. He's a great guy, friend of mine, and a really good conversation here. So we hope you enjoy it here in the LMU Basketball Podcast. Here is Quan No. Right, I'm now joined by my guest this week. It's a former LMU special assistant or graduate assistant and manager. So many titles that he had. Uh, he's now with Southern Utah and their basketball staff as a special assistant. Uh, my friend Quan No is on the show. Quan, thanks for, for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, Jesse. I mean, you're making me sound pretty important, but, you know, <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, and, and obviously um, we know each other because, you know, I've been at LMU for, for a while now, and you were there um, pretty much that whole time. You had uh, quite a long run at LMU through a couple of different coaching staff. So, um, first of all, what made you want to get involved with LMU basketball? You started out as a manager. What what was the inspiration to just get into to the university and and get in with the basketball team? Uh, well, my original thought, well, to begin with, I just love hoops, love basketball, love being around it, love growing up, watching it. Um, you know, and my goal going into college at LMU was to be a basketball agent. And, uh, you know, I thought what better way to get involved in kind of the basketball world and, you know, started making some connections than, uh, you know, being a manager. And, uh, you know, kind of just started off from there and kind of took off and, uh, you know, kind of fell in love with coaching and, you know, I've kind of rolled with it since. So it's kind of where I'm at and how I got started and why I started it at LMU. But, so. Yeah, and you mentioned you fell in love with coaching. Uh, that's obviously a, a demanding profession, but one that obviously uh, someone who loves hoops uh, would definitely enjoy. But when did you know kind of the change from wanting to be an agent to, to getting into the coaching world? Uh, 
must have been probably my second or third year at LMU as a sophomore, junior. You know, you know, I started getting more involved with the coaches. You know, they asked me to help with their workouts. Um, you know, during practices, helping out in drills, and you know, kind of just fell in love with that. You know, just being on the court and helping these players out, trying to help these players reach their potential and just be the best players they can be, and help overall to help the team win. Really, you know, just the team camaraderie of it all. So. Yeah, and you were obviously, as I mentioned, there for for quite a while. Uh, for those that don't know or aren't really familiar with the role that a, a college basketball D1 manager would have, what were some of the things that you did when you when you first got there uh, and were working with the team? So, you know, kind of the day-to-day things, you know, setting up practices, you know, giving out waters, sweeping up the floors, um, you know, when guys fell down, wiping up the sweat, handing them towels, uh, you know, games prep, setting up the locker room, getting the jerseys ready, doing laundry after... You know, kind of a little bit of everything, you know, helping out in drills and practices, and, uh, you know, some office work, some administrative work. So you kind of got involved with all facets of the basketball program. And, you know, that was a valuable experience for me and just kind of seeing the day-to-day workings of a basketball program. So you know, it did require a lot of work. It was a lot of time, but, you know, very enjoyable. So learned a lot, absolutely. Yeah, and as I mentioned a little bit earlier, you had the chance to learn from – multiple different coaches and coaching staffs. Um, first of all, what was it like working for, for Max Good and that staff with, with some of the great coaches over there, Mike Scholl and Jason Levy and you know all the assistants down the line, and then transitioning and be, becoming a grad assistant and working with Mike Dunlap and his staff with, with John Peterson Jr. and some of the other guys that were there when you were there? Well, I was definitely very fortunate to work with some great people. Um, you know, Max Good and that entire staff were just great, great, you know, humans, really, just good people, guys I looked up to in terms of how they treated everybody, how they treated players. Um, you know, they're just good people to be around. And then, you know, obviously learned a lot. They all have valuable experiences, you know, basketball knowledge. And then, you know, transitioning to Coach Dunlap and all of them, I thought, you know, they're some of the most intelligent minds I've been around. And, you know, Mike Dunlap is you know, one of the best teachers of the game. So I was able to learn kind of just not only the basketball part, but just the teaching and just knowing how to teach and, you know, interact with players and making sure they understand and stuff like that. So um, very valuable experience working with all those people. They're all just great humans, one, best people I've been around. And, you know, obviously they helped me out a lot <clears throat> with everything, just mentoring me, teaching me the game, allowing me to be part of the program and just, being involved with you know their responsibilities and kind of learning from them so great experience with all those staff members that I was able to work with yeah no question about it and and you obviously having worked both as a manager and you know as an assistant coach uh, know the the grind of college basketball whether it was manager role or coaching you were pretty much on most of those road trips either way uh, what do you remember from from those times? Obviously, you're still going through it now at a different university. But what do you know? What do you remember from those times? Is there anything that stands out as far as those road trips or something significant that sticks out in your mind from your time at LMU? Well, just and LMU in general is in a great conference, the West Coast Conference. You know, just being able to travel to some great cities, to some great schools. You know, those environments are you know second to none. Gonzaga, BYU, St. Mary's. Um, those are great environments to play in, very fun, you know, crowds are crazy and all that. Um, but just in general, I think just 
the day-to-day with every player, every coach, you know, you spend so much time with them, you build these, you know, lasting relationships with them, and, uh, you know, those are the stuff I probably remember most, you know, just bus rides, uh, hotels, meals, stuff like that. Yeah, and you mentioned all the great cities that uh, we got to go to. Um, first, what was your favorite travel city or place that you went? And then second, what was your favorite arena to go to as far as the atmosphere of the game uh, for you know when we were on the road? Yeah, so I guess the fav- my favorite travel partners was you know Portland and Gonzaga. You know, Portland's a great city, one of my favorites, uh, just to be around, being in a great city. And then obviously Spokane, Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, that's a great environment to play in. But I would say Gonzaga and probably BYU, just, you know, those fans are out there right when you walk out for a pregame shoot-around, you know, the whole student section's filled up. They're yelling the entire game. You know, those are some great crowds right there. So it's what you kind of expect out of a college basketball game. You know, it's kind of what you see on TV and all that. Yeah, and that's kind of right on theme. Obviously, LMU um, just played at BYU recently. We were just in Portland uh, a few days ago, and they got Gonzaga coming up at home. How much have you been able to follow this year's team? I know you're working uh, over at Southern Utah, uh, and we'll get to your, that squad in, in a minute. But how much have you, been, have you been able to follow the current team? I know you still have uh, good relationships with a lot of the guys, but how they've been doing this year with uh, you know the 17 wins so far? No, man, I've been trying to keep up as much as possible. So if anything, I, you know, just check and score on my phone. Uh, unfortunately, we've kind of played the same days as you know, the WCC Thursday, Saturday, so I don't get to watch a lot of games. I did watch this Portland game this past Saturday since it was a later game. Um, but I try to catch up as much, you know, as much as I can watch. I, I try to watch as much as possible. And I obviously keep in touch with a couple of these guys, a couple of these coaches. So, you know, kind of still involved, still around them. So, you know, happy for the success. You know, been a pretty good season so far. You know, made some noise. And, you know, I just hope they keep it going for the rest of the year. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been it's been a fun season. Uh, we mentioned for you, you're on to, to Southern Utah. You obviously had your 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 two years as a grad assistant at LMU. I know you followed that up with some high school coaching. Uh, how did the Southern Utah gig uh, open up, and how did you end up uh, coaching over there this season? Yeah, so kind of just like the way the business works, it's all who you know. And I was blessed to you know meet some people, you know, network during my time at LMU and afterwards, and. Um, assistant coach knew the coaching staff here and when the position opened up um you know one of the coaches informed him like hey do you have anyone in mind and you know he thought of me right away gave me a call and put me in touch with them and kind of the way we kind of the way the basketball world is it's kind of small and you know coach simon here the head coach actually coached godwin okanji in high school at finley prep you know was coach was coaching with max good at unlv for a couple of years and you know, just the couple connections that I've made at LMU. You know, Jason Levy worked with an assistant here. And so just kind of the way it worked, it worked out well. I knew a bunch of people that knew people here on staff. And you know, I was able to get in touch. And that's kind of how I got the job. So, Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. And uh, we know that you guys uh, are over at Southern Utah. You've had, um, you know, a good turnaround from the team last year. Obviously, this is your first year with the program. But they were 13 and 19 last year. You guys are 12 and 10, so already approaching that win total now. Um, what's the season been like for you working there, and uh, what's led to kind of the turnaround for, for your ball club? Yeah, so this is uh, Coach Simon's third year, and he's kind of done some great things. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they say this was the worst program in the nation, you know, ranked bottom, 350s, whatever it is. And so in a short amount of time, he's kind of been able to do a lot of things here. 
uh, make some renovations to the gyms and offices, locker room, get some good players in here. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate kind of just seeing this, how this is kind of falling into place now, the third year, you kind of see the culture starting to build and, you know, improving day by day. And, uh, you know, definitely this season's kind of been eye-opening for a lot of people in this conference and at the school, and we're starting to get a lot of support, and so we're just trying to build on that. So, Yeah, and I know that there's been some overlap as far as some of the teams that LMU and Southern Utah have played um, what's it been like to take on some of the same teams? I know you guys played UNLV. Um, you also were in some of the same cities. I know you were you were texting me when you were over at Spokane. Um, so what's that familiarity like on the road to be at some of the, the, the same places uh, that you might be used to? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were just in Spokane last week. We played Eastern Washington, which is about 20 minutes away. Um, so definitely some familiarity. And it's, you know, I kind of was surprised by it really. Uh, wasn't really expecting to, to kind of visit the same cities and being, you know, we made two trips to LA this past year, playing Long Beach and USC, uh, played UNLV as well. You know, we were off to Portland State this week, so we'll be in Portland at the end of this week. Um, so definitely some familiarity, definitely some overlap, and, you know, it's kind of been enjoyable. You know, I never thought I'd kind of be in the same position where I'd be able to travel to the cities and all that stuff, and it's kind of just worked out well for me, so um, it's been good. Yeah, and how much have you been able to keep up or, um, you know, keep in touch with a lot of the guys from LMU? You mentioned some of the coaches that you have been able to, but a lot of these former players that, you know, some of them are going on to play internationally, others, you know, just going on into the professional life and in the world out there. Um, how many have you been able to kind of keep in touch with and what are those relationships like for you? Uh, like I said earlier, man, some of these relationships have been, you know, great. I try to keep up with as much as possible with all these guys that I've been around. Um, definitely keep in touch with a lot of them. You know, maybe not day to day talking, but you know, every couple of weeks I'll try to hit them, or you know, we'll Snapchat each other, Instagram stuff like that. You know, social media helps out with that. Um, so I've definitely been able to keep in touch with a lot of guys. Um, you know, just being able to see what they're doing. I'm happy for. I'm happy for their successes, and you know, I wish them nothing but the best in the future for sure. Yeah, and we mentioned some of the kind of the arenas and, you know, trips that stood out to you the, the most. Uh, are there any moments as far as when you were at LMU which really stand out as far as either big wins or exciting games um, that really stick out in your mind more so than some others? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, beating BYU at BYU, being St. Mary's at St. Mary's when they were both ranked, uh, beating Colorado State on a buzzer beater by Brandon Brown, that was huge. Yeah. Uh, and the, always, we always seem to have some success up in the Bay Area, playing Santa Clara and San Francisco, and you know, that's kind of where I'm from. So every time you can get a win up there, those are always enjoyable. So especially like I think the tip in by Godwin um, against San Francisco, coming back from a big, you know, big deficit, those are awesome memorable wins that I can remember off the top of my head. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, obviously that the big wins on the road for that team and. Uh, last week on the podcast, we were talking to Taylor Walker, and he was a part of that team the year after, which you know really struggled for most of the year, and then had that run in the conference tournament. Uh, what do you remember from that run and just that season for from such a a kind of tough losing streak with so many close losses, and then following it up with that really kind of miraculous, improbable run in Vegas to to turn it into just a great end of the season. Yeah, I mean, that was such a roller coaster year. It blew by so quick. You know, all those close losses, you know, they were so tough. And, you know, these guys, those guys came to work every day. Coaches came to work every day. 
um, you know, just trying to keep your heads up and do everything right, the right way. And, you know, kind of culminated at the end of the year. We're kind of peaking a little bit. Um, you know, we are playing well. You know, we may have lost some close games at the end, but you could tell the team was playing better. Um, just the fact that the guys stayed so close together when, you know, they could have split up and give us a, you know, this year's over with, it's a wash, we don't need to do anything, but, you know, we got to Vegas, had some good matchups, you know, we played our hearts out, and that was the craziest run, you know, no one expected the bottom team to make it to the semis and give Gonzaga a run when they were ranked number one. I was just talking to this somebody over here the other day, you know, we definitely gave them a hard run, they are down one at halftime, unfortunately, it just didn't fall into place in the second half, but, you know, that was magical for sure, and that's probably one of the highlights of my career at LMU, just being a part of that. Uh, you know, it was such a tight-knit group with the coaching staff and players. And it's fun to be a part of, for sure. Yeah, and I think in the WCC this season, we've seen a lot of teams. I mean, the standings are so, you know, tightly packed right now. But a lot of the teams trying to avoid that kind of 7-10 to 10 range because for the first time since that tournament, it's kind of back to that format where 7-10, and 10, you know, they basically you can play four nights in a row now like you could back then, and the Lions did in that year. Uh, so yeah. getting in that top six is as important as it ever is now again. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, kind of watching the standings and watching as much WCC as possible. I still try to keep tabs. It's a bloodbath over there. You know, everybody's <laughs> kind of beating everybody. There's no easy outs. And, you know, the way they're formatting it this way, it's, it's tough to play four games and four nights, you know, just legs and, you know, different type of styles of play every game. So, um, you know, hopefully it seems like Ellen Murray has a – good little chance at the end you got some winnable games and hopefully move up in the standings and kind of avoid that you know get a bye yeah right now the Lions uh, as we go into this week uh, at five and six in conference uh in sixth place which is a half game back of fifth and you know like a game back of third and fourth as you said it's every it's a bloodbath in the WCC right now but uh some exciting games coming up this week uh, most notably Gonzaga on on Valentine's Day um they've obviously been kind of plowing through the competition. The Lions uh, gave him a good fight up in Spokane in the first one. We know just against one of the top teams in the country, you got to really play perfect. But uh, what are some of the things that this Lions team can do to, to you know, potentially give a game and pull off an upset this week against one of the best teams in the nation? I think everybody just has to go in there and, you know, try to play their game, play with confidence. Uh, can't be scared of these teams for sure. Gonzaga you know, preys on fear uh, you know, just be locked in defensively, do the, you know, handle the whatever scout report and whatever, execute the game plan of the coaches. Uh, you know, just offensively, just can't be fearful of them. Don't be afraid of miss shots. Just play your game and let the rest come to you. So, um, but I mean, it will be a good game. There's definitely no love loss on Valentine's Day against Gonzaga. So, <laughs> I know the yeah. crowd's going to be out there in full force and that will be a good environment. So, you know, never know what happens. You know, if you play a perfect game, so. Yeah, in, in LMU, you know, the crowd can be great sometimes. It can obviously not show up in force as much sometimes, but when the crowd is really there, where does it stack up compared to some of the other places in the conference when LMU has their, their full crowd raring and going? Well, it's great. You know, it's a great environment. Uh, I think a lot of teams fear playing in there, you know, when we got the full force out. Um, you know, it's a line that, you know, they're going to come after you. They're going to cheer loud. They're going to be on you know, the opponent's heads when they're playing. Um, so it definitely ranks up there at the top of the league for sure. Yeah, and one of the things that 
I think is a perk of just being around LMU that you got to, you know, witness and be a part of firsthand, you know, almost all of these NBA stars really live out in LA during the summer. And a lot of them, you know, come over to LMU, any college really in the area, Pepperdine, UCLA, and get some run in. So what was your experience like that? Just seeing some of these pros that, you know, you look up to and, and having a chance to, to meet them and see them play up, up close and personal. Oh, it's unbelievable for sure. I mean, it's totally different. I remember my first year at LMU that summer was the NBA lockout. Um, so we had, you know, players couldn't be in their facilities. They didn't have training camps, so they were all in L.A. And I remember Gersten, all three courts going, uh, open gym, all NBA players. You know what I mean? And everybody showed up from Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, DeMar DeRozan. Um, you know, everybody kind of was there. And you know, in my time at LMU, I've been fortunate enough to work with some of these guys that come through and, Guys like Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, um, some of the guys I mentioned earlier. And so it's definitely a great experience. And second to none, LA is the hub of hoops in the summer for sure. So, um, you know, wherever, like you said, wherever you go in LA, you're bound to find some pros out there. And just seeing them firsthand, you kind of never realize watching on TV how special they really are in terms of their skill set and how big they are, stuff like that, how fast they are, how athletic. And, so you see it firsthand, it's kind of unbelievable. So, Yeah, and for you on in, in the road on Southern Utah, I know when you were at LMU, we always had a trip up to the Bay Area. One of our hotels had the uh, the full-door basketball court where, where we were able to get some run in. Have you, have you found anywhere uh, up in Utah or on the road where, where you've been able to, to keep yourself on the court and, and get some, some pickup games going? Oh, absolutely. You know, I currently play on an intramural team. You know, I actually have a game tomorrow night. <laughs> Playing pretty well, I should say. Do say so myself. You know, hitting some shots. Just try to be a playmaker. So, <laughs> and then obviously I'm around these guys all the time. So I'm shooting around with our players, kind of shooting competitions and stuff like that. Playing um, pretty well against them. So I always try to get as much hoops in as possible. <laughs> Absolutely, and and looking forward for you guys in the Southern Utah season. What are some of the uh, the big games you got coming up? Um, you know, playing in the conference, in the Big Sky Conference, uh, what are some of the important games you have coming up and looking forward to your conference tournament and your goals for the rest of the season over there? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, our goal is to finish out the year strong, make a deep run in our conference tournament, hopefully make the, tur- uh, you know, NCAAs. Um, but we've got a big couple weeks coming up. We've got seven games left. Uh, big road trip this weekend. We've got Sex, Sacramento State, and Portland State. Um, Two definitely winnable games, and you know, just trying to build our lead. Right now, we currently sit, I think, fifth in our conference, fifth or sixth. Um, um, so we're just trying to make a run, try to get you know, better positioning. Uh, but our biggest games coming up, I would say, is um, two weeks. We got a road game at Montana, who's currently the leader in our conference. Has you know made the NCAA tournament last year. You know, they're unanimous picks to uh, win the league, and you know we kind of let one go here at home a couple weeks ago. Um, and so, you know, kind of looking for revenge on that one for sure. Yeah, and for you personally, uh, obviously you're a special, special assistant coach right uh, right now in Southern Utah. Uh, what are your goals as far as, you know, the rest of your career? Are you looking to become a head coach? Um, and where do you see kind of your next steps as far as where you want to go uh, with your coaching career? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of a question I've been asking myself lately. And, you know, I'm trying to figure it out for sure. I still want to continue in basketball. You know, ideally, my personal goal is I want to reach 
you know, this profession at the highest level, and if it, somehow I can get into the NBA, you know, somehow in some coaching capacity, I'd love to do that. Um, but if not, I'd definitely like to be a Division One head coach at some point in my life. You know? So try to stick around the game for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Quan, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll obviously keep in touch, um, and you know, we'll keep track of each other's seasons. But good luck the rest of the way with Southern Utah, uh, and we'll definitely, as you said, keep in touch and, and talk going forward. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate you uh, kind of making me look good. And, you know, good luck to you guys and the Lions. I wish them all the best, and uh, good luck against Gonzaga on Thursday. Absolutely. Thanks, Quan. That was Quan No. We really appreciate him giving us his time. As we mentioned before, we wish him great luck at the University of Southern Utah, where he's continuing his season right now. And we said we'll love to keep in touch with him going forward. Uh, if you've enjoyed this episode and this show in general, be sure to rate us five stars, review, subscribe to the show here on iTunes. No, you can also follow it iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, wherever podcasts are available. You can find it. Also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And you can follow me at Jesse underscore Cass. Uh, as we said going forward, don't forget this week for the Lions. Huge games upcoming. Valentine's Day night, 8 p.m. LMU hosting the number three team in the nation, Gonzaga. You can hear me on the call on KXLU 88.9 FM. You can also see the game on ESPN2. Nationally televised, it'll be sold out. Wild atmosphere in Gerson Pavilion. Don't want to miss that one. And then Saturday, another great game. Hope the crowd is out in force for that one as well. The 17-8 LMU Lions against the 16-10 BYU Cougars. Of course, both those teams will have one more game under their belt before to change up those records a little bit. But Lions looking to exact some redemption and revenge on BYU after a a tough loss up in Provo just a couple of weeks ago. That'll be 1 p.m. Saturday February 16th, so you want to tune us in for that one as well and follow LMU Lions basketball as they continue this very fun and successful season, 17-8 and eight on the year and trying to work their way up the West Coast Conference standings. We'll keep you updated on that as we always do uh, each and every week here on the LMU Basketball Podcast. So once again, we thank Quan No for joining us. We thank you for tuning in once again on the LMU Basketball Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.